Hi, I'm Madeline Peterson, and if you're a filmmaker or screenwriter, I have a festival that you should definitely submit to. It's called First Frame International Film Festival. The festival is in its inaugural year, and their mission is to create the bridge to opportunity from your first frame. This industry is about who you know, and because of that, a good amount of talented filmmakers and screenwriters go undiscovered. We want to share our resources and connections to undiscovered talent so that they have a chance to be seen and succeed. We are on Film Freeway and Festome. You can submit those projects there. And you can follow us on Facebook at First Frame IFF. And if you want a promo code, my email is madelinefirstframe at gmail.com. Once again, the festival is First Frame International Film Festival. And if you want a promo code, my email is madelinefirstframe at gmail.com. All right, we're here with Catherine, and it's dedication time. And Catherine, what would you like to dedicate this episode to? I'd like to dedicate it to Carrie Mulligan, because I think she did a fantastic job in Promising Young Woman. I have to see that. Have you you seen it, obviously? Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Even the the small little sippets of seeing her doing it Mm -hmm. is really enticing. It's really good. Yes, I agree. Let's do it. Dedicate to... Carrie Mulligan. Carrie All right, we're back on the show, and with me is Catherine Henson, right? Right. <laughs> usually, usually people think it's Hanson. Do people? I mean, it? when I tell them, yeah, my yeah. name, and then they start spelling it, and they say Owen, I say no, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> does it? Um, does it ever met ever met another Catherine? It's because it's pretty common. Another Catherine Henson. Uh, you know, I have not. I haven't met another Catherine Henson. But it's pretty common. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think there's a lot of them on the internet. <laughs> well, especially if you're an actress, have you run into any problems with a you know your name with somebody else having the same name or? Um, no, I haven't. Not not in the projects I've done. I on IMDb, there's more than one of us. Mm-hmm. But um, right, I haven't met any. Well, it's really nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's easy to write. I like because my name is a murder name, so it's nice to have a nice, easy name for everybody to everybody to catch. Um, yeah. Catherine's one one of the uh, actresses from Minnesota Twin Cities. Have you always have you grew up here? Yes, I did. I grew up in Minnesota, and in, have lived in Minneapolis for a while. Oh, nice, nice. So you're yeah. acclimated to the winters, right? Yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> for sure. Have you done like have you done any winter scenes for for, for acting? Uh, I have. Yeah. Really? Yeah, actually, I one of I remember what the first film I did with Christopher Mim. One of our shots that we had to there there need sorry about that. Uh, sorry. there needs to be uh, there need to be snow on the ground, but we uh, we we only had a limited had time it. to film it, okay. so we filmed it when it was winter, but it was so cold. I remember just having to like film a quick shot and then run in the car and like warm up a bit. Yeah, so, yeah, because because you, you don't you know. When you watch a win- movie from the winter, you can obviously when you see it's fake because they're not wearing gloves. Yeah, <laughs> you understand it's a little more of a movie magic. But yeah, when you do an authentic Minnesota winter movie, you can understand how you do it the same the same mannerisms of keeping warm and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. was it uh, what movie was it that you guys did? That was Destination Outer Space. Okay, all right. I think I remember that. Is that that's a full feature, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of sci-fi, but this I could just from the title. Uh, yep, sci-fi, kind of B movie, nineteen fifties style. Do you, are you kind of familiar with that kind of genre? Yes. Now, yeah, now I am for <laughs> now sure. Do, I. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you watch other other movies like that or? Um, I watch some of those like in college for film classes, um, and I've obviously watched most of Chris's other movies. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I like I like that genre. It's it's really fun. Were you were you um, always wanted to do acting as a kid, or is this something you grow into? I always wanted to do it. Um, I grew up 
in dance recitals um yeah. and i was like the baby of the family so i was always kind of a show-off i think um kind of puts into position right when you're the baby of the family you gotta you gotta hey don't forget about me right right yeah. <laughs> and i i remember like writing a book for a class for fifth grade where i said i wanted to grow up to be a play actress and an architect <laughs> and <laughs> i you know i am an actor and i kind of got into it more in college um so yeah i, I always kind of knew i liked it did you really you still fascinated with the architect you still kind of oh i think it's cool I, I you know i think i just picked that as a kid you know like i also wanted to be an archaeologist i didn't you know you're just yeah, kind of like yeah, oh yeah. it'd be cool to be that thing you know right yeah. but but architecture is cool i it's when i went to i went to college at the university of minnesota and it's very obvious to see where architecture class building is because it's the most unique building oh well, of course it is it's uh-huh. just so weird and modern and it's all geometrically shaped and you don't have to put up a sign that's the architecture hall you don't have to, it's just like you know right <laughs> It doesn't look like any other building around there. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> I was, inter- you know, because I do comic strips and, you know, drawings and everything. But mm-hmm. I was entertaining the idea of doing architecture. But that's just, that's just drawing and math, isn't it? I don't think I can. I, that's I, not I, your math, strong the suit. Math is going to fail me when I do that. Stuff, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's still, it's still kind of appealing to you, right? Arch- architecture? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it necessarily appealed to me as a kid. I think I just said just architect, yeah. but um, but I grew up in an artistic family, and uh, like I, I really like um artwork and buildings that are yeah very beautiful. So so it appeals have, to me. Do you have your brother and sisters do things creative too? Yes. Um. Uh, one of my brothers, well, yeah, two of my brothers own their own companies that kind of do. Never exactly sure what they do. They kind of do like branding and li- they started with graphic design. They do that kind of thing for people. Um, well, that, that, you say graphic design, that covers everything. Right? Y- yeah. Like posters to, you know. I'm, yeah, I mean, I think they started with that and now they do. It's just like a wide variety of things. But um, but we're all, we all kind of have that background and our parents were artists. So, When did you start? As a kid, you, you obviously acting appealed to you. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the first one that you did, like did acting was like like a elementary school play or? Yes, it was. We did a Christmas play at school. That was when you could still do Christmas stuff in yeah. school, um, and I remember it was like they invented, they made. I was like one of the elves. I was like Pinky the elf or something. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> And then you, I mean, obviously, once in high school, did you do theater in high school as well? Uh, yeah, I was in the senior musical, Oklahoma. And then did you, did you keep up with the, all the dance? You still do dance? I still do a little bit of dance, yeah, because I was in a modern dance company in college. And um, I've done a little bit of dance here and there. But I do, I do like having, I, I do like being able to incorporate that yeah. into the other work that I do. So you still kind of practice it? Yeah, I still, I still do a little bit. Like for my exercise, I'll just like dance to my workout playlist for, for fun. And Usually when, if usually if you, because you have such a dance oriented mind, if you hear a song for the first time, do you have, do you already articulating like a routine that you could do with it? In a way, maybe. I mean, I, I'm comfortable just letting my body move and yeah. how it wants to, to the music. Um, yeah. Have you been able to do dance on film yet? On film, that's a good question. I'm trying to remember all the all the <laughs> I've done some music videos but not Okay. Not I haven't done dancing on them. So no, I don't think I have danced on film. I've done some on stage but not film. I'd be wondering because my one of my criticisms is you got to show off people's talents. So if you're really like if you're comfortable with dancing, well, let's put it in there, right? Yeah. I think if I had John Travolta in a movie, I'll try to find some way I can get him to dance. It won't be very hard, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Or definitely if it's really funny. Well, why don't you find something to do that you can, you know, if you're really good at being, you know, talented at being a comedian, why don't we do something funny? Yeah. So always mm-hmm. try to show off talents, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Do you have a favorite musicals, movies? Favorite movie musicals? Yeah, or? yeah. 
I kind of messed that up that question a little bit, but yeah. Um, I mean, I have some favorite stage musicals I've seen. Okay. But see music. I mean, I grew up liking Grease for sure. Well, that's almost an automatic for movie musicals. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's still pretty good. I've seen uh, Wicked on stage in New York with an original cast. Oh my gosh, where where did you sit in? Where did I sit? Yeah. Uh, my friend and I, we actually got pretty good seats. Kind of nice. in the middle of the theater. We you know, we paid a lot at the time, but we didn't care. But it's in New York City, too. Yeah, that was that was a really good show. That was worth it. Have you done dance on stage? Yes. Yeah. It's a little bit different, isn't it? I think it would, if you do dance on film, then on stage, because... Yeah. You gotta, it's almost like an immediate, and it gets rehearsed, and right, yeah. Yeah, I imagine film, because I, I haven't done it yet, but you probably should even personal, do it even right? more times just so they can get all the angles of the the piece. Yeah, because almost like, like Singing in the Rain, it's almost telling the story without dialogue. You're in moving mm-hmm. the story along without speaking it. The dance is going to tell you how it's evolving, the story is. Mm-hmm. Where I think if you do a dance on stage, it's the entertainment value, right? It's more of a out loud, right, than intimate almost. I guess so. Yeah. It's almost, yeah. You almost got to shout it out, right? You're dancing out loud almost, right? <laughs> Sounds like a good title for something. We should. Yeah, dancing out loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't make very many musicals anymore, do they? For movies? Yeah. Um, I guess not as, I mean, live action, I guess not as much. I mean, I know that they're, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda is having In the Heights is coming out soon. And, and there's a, another version of West Side Story. Oh, that's right. Right, um, when I, right, I, right when you're talking, I mentioned that the new West Side Story, right? Yeah. Right. They're going to have to watch that again. <laughs> right. <laughs> but In the Heights looks good. Yeah. Do you have a particular style you like, or you appreciate all kinds of dance disciplines? I appreciate all, all types. Um, I guess I'm probably more comfortable doing sort of a jazz combo. I don't yeah. know, like Bob Fosse style, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I guess I guess like a combination of jazz and modern would be what I like to do. All right. Well, if they make a La La Land sequel, we'll have to put you in there. <laughs> <laughs> do you so? Do, well, do you have a particular music you like to dance to? Um, I like. Hmm. Or I like I'm, to I like to dance to eighties stuff. There you go. Yeah. I mean, that's always really fun. I like. Like George Michael music, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. It's there's there's such a wide variety of yeah, yeah things that I like. Just whatever moves me. And so you kept with it within school, the dancing and acting, and mm-hmm. after school you wanted to continue moving on. So did you go to? If I didn't hear you right, you went uh, for film studies in college. Did you also do acting in college? Yes, I was a theater major, film minor. Oh, all right. So you're very busy. Yeah, I was, I was, and I am now. I guess yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, where did where did you go to school? I went to Saint Cloud State University. Oh wow! Okay, because they they do do a lot of film up there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there at the time my school didn't have film as a major, um, and it was film theory, not film production. Now it's different, uh, but yeah, I mean, there wasn't really a lot of filmmaking at the time in St. Cloud. No, I'm not sure because I haven't, I haven't been there for a while. Well, we could make better or worse, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you always could, probably in college, you always had an interest to do acting on film, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you ever want to do something else on film? Like directing or writing or? Yes. Um, I mean, I made a short film in college and I've made some since then because I also do writing and producing. Okay. Um, usually when you work independent, you kind of doing all that is, yeah. Yeah. So, usually. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I, I guess I, I've directed a little bit. I don't, I don't do it as much, but I do, I do quite like writing. So have you written other scripts for other people or you, do you mostly just write for you, what you, you want to do yourself? I mostly write for what I want to do, but I, I did, um, in 2019, um, the filmmaker Marcus Anthony, for his company, they wanted he wanted to uh, 
work with me. So he, um, he produced a short film I'd written. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. What was it called? It was called, uh, Morgan's choice and it's on YouTube right now. Is it kind of like a horror movie? A little bit. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> it could fit into that genre, right? Yeah. 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 And then what, could you give us a little bit of what the plot is or is it a short, is it a short film? It's a short film. Can you get us list of this? Uh, it's. Or the log line. It's a choice that an aunt has to make about her, a child that's in her care. Okay. Um, I'll say that. All right. All right. And then you can find it on YouTube. Yep. And it's called Morgan's Choice. Morgan's Choice. Okay. Wonderful. So are you, with the writing, do you have a little a little sanctuary? I mean, we're down in my little studio, but do you have a little space where you do writing or you can can you write anywhere? Um, I, I do have a, a desk at home, but I usually can write anywhere um you can go to a coffee shop and just yeah and i well yeah i have done that i've written some short plays in a coffee shop before all right i'm super jealous Um. (laughs) (laughs) i gotta have a little space and i gotta turn off the world to do it so hats off to you if you can put go anywhere (laughs) if you can sit on a park bench and do it wonderful and uh yeah I, i know some people like to handwrite or type or um typewriter but i th- i think just like typing at a laptop that, that just that's how i work the best when you did uh, sophie's choice did you have an ending in mind morgan's choice or oh, morgan's choice god what did they call it <laughs> uh, sorry sophie's choice that's okay that's that's one of the things with the title we're like should we call it this yeah you should yeah um did i the ending in mind yeah did you have an ending in mind uh yeah yeah the ending was was written already because i know some people like to start and figure out where they think it's going to go yeah but if you have an ending i think it makes it much more easier yeah make them go much more smoother yeah you know i think with some things that i do write i do already know the ending and it's maybe how to get there yeah is how i sometimes write do you do outlines yes (laughs) So, okay, I know I'm supposed to. That's hard for me to do. I know I'm supposed to, and it's a great tool, but it's hard for me because I, I think I do it after I've done, the, like, the first draft, and I just have to figure out an outline. Yeah. So you just kind of write and see where, where it takes you? Well, I have a scene in mind. Sometimes it, sometimes a story, maybe it happens to you where you have a scene starts the whole thing, and then it kind mm-hmm. of blossoms. And, yeah, with my comic book, it was just a scene, an event, and then it kind of grew organically to mm-hmm. something where it's really complex that I'd like to sit down. But I think everybody, when they write, has something that really sparks them. Like, yes, let's do that. Yeah. 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 Do you think your background with acting helps the writing? I think so, yeah. Um, I usually try to write things, especially like I've done... I've done a lot of like festivals or short plays festivals where you have like a short time to write something. Sure. Yeah. And then the actors have a short time to prepare it. So I usually will keep that in mind and I want to be nice to the actors. I don't want to write a whole bunch of words that they're going to have to remember in a very short time. Or have a huge exposition dump at the end. Right. Right. Um, So I, I think, yeah, I think that does help. And I like to, I like to write things that that I would want to like. I like to write characters that I would want to play, or write about stories that I would want to be in. Right. I think even this, if the story could be wonderful, and I've I've had to learn about this my you know, writers' workshops. Stories can be really good, but if you don't have any interesting character or mm-hmm. anybody that can really follow and enjoy, mm-hmm. doesn't be good or bad, then it's mm-hmm. not going to work. You have to write interesting characters to keep it motivated. Right, and, and you have people, to yeah, people will be less forgiving. If they have a really good character about the story. Right. And yeah, like it really helps if you really care about what happens to these characters. That yeah. keeps you interested. So when you usually watch a movie now, are you like somebody else's movie? We talked about, we just you watched uh, Freaky, or the Vince Vaughn one. Um, yeah. Can you, Do you critique the writing, critique acting, or are you kind of all together? Or you just can just... Shut your brain off and enjoy it. <laughs> I I think I usually just sort of kind of try to let it wash over me. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people are pretty technical and will 
be really into the writing specifically or the the production elements and I'm I'm more I'm very into like my emotional connection with the film, the story, the characters. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. Um and you know, if, if the other things are good, I think they just add to it. Like yeah. like in Promising Young Woman, it was such a great film, but you could also tell that that Carrie was just oh, yeah. such a you, great actress that I was blown away. But. You can see it in the trailer. There's a lot of depth to that character. Yeah. Because there's definitely a motivation. There's a drive to it. You can see it in, in, even in the trailer, what, she's, what she can even do. That little snippet without even seeing the full film yet. Right. Well, I haven't seen the full film yet. Mm-hmm. So have you seen it already? Yeah. Yeah. Is it like your best movie of last year? Is your favorite movie from last year? I think so, yeah. I mean, I didn't see a lot of movies, but, you know. <laughs> right. Oh, well, I, yeah, usually um, by this time I would have seen all. Well, I guess I watched some on video. I'm just trying to think of, like, I'd have to go back and look at my Netflix history to see everything that I watched. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say that was probably the top one last year. But I also saw, let's see, the David well, Copperfield. That was good. On the new one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I watched Tenet. That was a little hard to follow. Well, yeah, because Nolan's not going to hit you over the head explanation-wise. You're going to have to use your brain a little bit to decipher what's going on. He doesn't really do a lot of... I thought it was a little bit much. I mean, like like Inception, I, I understood Inception. Right. But this one, I thought it was trying to be a little too... Smart for itself. Too smart. Yeah. Even though he's, um, I talked to my friend Josh about it, even though it looks like Nolan is really taking gigantic leaps in film um, mm-hmm. with great, you know, scale and scope and everything that we're kind of, we forget the little details of like, what is really going on? Could somebody just stop the film and just say, okay, this is happening. Yeah. 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 But I really do appreciate it. He's really testing the boundaries of scope and scale with yeah. movies. Definitely. But we're kind of losing something of that process as well that people are kind of getting agitated about. Because he does really good character movies like Prestige. Mm-hmm. One of, I think, is one of his best. And Inception is really well crafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I don't think you can go in a dream with a dream, but let's try it. That's why we like movies. <laughs> that, that is why we like movies. <laughs> so uh, would you write? Um, is it, do you prefer to do like horror movies? Do you want to do a, a musical? Um um, I'd say I like to write uh, movies that are like some horror, usually like a combination of drama and horror or some supernatural element. Yeah. Um, those are, that's kind of that's what I like that to you write. you really gravitate to. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, you know, like I've seen, um, like David Cronenberg is one of my favorite filmmakers and uh I think um, he's done some films that are really great blend of drama and yeah. and fear and when it when those two things can be so well combined that you don't really notice like oh I'm watching a scary movie you're you know yes. I kind of I really like that yes he he really does that and all of a sudden it gets really cringy almost right because it's sometimes it's not really well he can be gory right but it's almost about the from beginning to end of the movie it's very unsettling and cringy at the same time yeah, mm-hmm. i think he did a movie where jeremy irons is a twin yep dead ringer dead ringer that's right mm-hmm. in the entire movie there's not a lot of horror but it's so almost like you're going to take a shower the first 10 minutes and yeah you're just going. like i feel uncomfortable but i kind of i kind of like that like yes i think that's sort of what i like to do with my work both stage and screen is yeah make someone feel that way you know that's 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 really powerful we just, uh, for my YouTube channel, uh, with my friend Kyle, we critiqued the Neon Demon. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Which is, he'd never seen it before. And I was like, I really want to go back to see it because it bothers me. I don't, he goes, what do you mean? It bo- I don't know if it, it's a good bother or bad. It bothers you? Yeah. Huh? just like That's all I could say about it. It's just, it's an agitation. It's a bother. I have a feeling about it. And it is, it's one of those, like, almost like a David Cronenberg movie where it's, even though there's nothing going on, there's certain things that are just so unsettling about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's supermodels that are competing against each other. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, I think about it in my mind. I think color and just 
yeah it's mm-hmm. not really the story i forget about the story but it's the interesting color and characters and and how they're just the jealousy and the rage and everything mm-hmm. yeah so i'm sure you enjoy that movie i didn't enjoy it. i didn't i mean there are parts of it which i don't know if i quite liked but i uh i thought it was very ambitious and i it was right. very pretty to look at there's one scene and i don't want to talk about this that just yeah. didn't have to be in it and you could just take it out I don't want to talk about it, but yeah, there's right. one thing that was just completely unnecessary, and mm-hmm. I don't know why they had it in the movie. But yeah, yeah I think I know which one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but overall, it's one of those things that's just yeah, it's unsettling. It's it, yeah. Well, that's a challenge. You have to make something cringy and put a musical number in it. That's that's a good plan. I don't think there's very many horror movies that are musicals. A, a cringy a horror comedy, musical. Unless it's a comedy like Rocky Horror. Right. Or Sweeney Todd. Yeah, they're right. Yeah, yeah. Barbara just wants to kill everybody. Right. <laughs> All right, I'll add that to my list of projects to do. Right. Well, I always I, I mention to people, and I think the core, and I, I wrote in my college paper about it, but the core of all, I think, all horror is feminism. You, oh. I you, think you have to figure out where you're going to put the feminism. Is it going to be horroric or is it going to be the antagonist, you know? You can even talk about even like, you know, Jason Freddie. Well, who are their most in- prominent antagonists? It's always a girl. Mm-hmm. You know, or Freddie acts very feminine all the time, even though he's he's not really acting masculine when he does all the things, Freddie Krueger. But I think all... I never thought about that. Oh, I think all the movie, you have to think about the feminists before anything else. In fact, even battling toxic masculinity as well. Yeah. Even when I go, I've mentioned this many times on my podcast, even when I go to horror conventions, there's far more women than men are. I think women really like horror movies more than guys do. I think it's all the guys really appreciate the shock of it or the really the gashly, but I think women really understand the stories much more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I usually think it's like 60-40. Every time I go to a horror convention, there's far more women like horror movies than men do. That's interesting. And I think it's, well, I think farm women are comfortable writing it. I think Promising a Woman is kind of like a horror movie, isn't it? Yes. And that one best original screenplay. Yeah. I think she wrote that thinking that it was going to be a horror movie. It kind of like, oh, it's not really a, all that encompassing of a horror movie, but. Right. There are components of it. Yeah. yeah Emerald, yeah. Emerald Fennel wrote and directed and produced that. Yep. Yeah, I think if you want to think about all horror movies, have to center on that, and then you can grow your story. If you really understand what it's really about, yeah. Yeah. Even Cronenberg, I think, is more understands about the a woman's perspective in movies, even if they're going to be the evil person or, you know, Gina Davis in love with Jeff Goldblum and <laughs> right. in The Fly and everything, yeah. So do you like horror movies? Yes. That's your center core? You really... If you, an automatic is like, I really like horror movies more than anything. I I guess I would say yes. I mean, I love all movies, um, but, but I do, I don't know, just something about scary movies that I was just, I'm very fascinated by. I know one person, and I won't mention her name, but she, she loves making horror movies. She doesn't like watching them, but she enjoys making them. It's a big oh, mess. Oh, that's like, very interesting. She goes, I just don't like seeing myself in them but i like making them they're a whole much fun and everybody's having a good time but yeah like she doesn't want to act in them or just she doesn't like any, just like watching any, any horror movies yeah but we'll we'll say we're making slasher <laughs> camp murder too and she's like i'll do it you want to watch friday the first no that's scary <laughs> but see oh yeah see i love i love when they can when i can still get scared like i still yeah it's hard to find ones that will still scare me, but I I enjoy trying. <laughs> when it's really effective, right? Yeah, yeah. I think um, the last one I really saw that was good was Haunt, and that was from 2019. And that's when they go into that farm that's a whole haunted house, and they have to sign waivers to go in. And I think really, I saw that one. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I saw like a lot of those kind of movies in a short time, but yeah, there was who was one, in that one? There was well, it came out at the same time. There was one called Haunt, and there was another one called Haunted House on Hill or something. They came out the exact same time. It was, yeah. Oh, I know. Um, they all wore like those creepy masks that looked like, like the really old, cheap yeah. ones. Yeah. 
Yeah. That was, I and thought that was. the maze and everything, and there's one of them, the, the, the lead actress, is, she's having boyfriend problems. And, yeah. I thought yeah. that was really good. That was really creepy. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that was a good one. I, uh, we recommend, we rec- uh, recommended on our YouTube channel as we critiqued it, my Kyle and I, and Kyle loves horror movies, so it's not much mm-hmm. of a, let's watch this one. And I was actually really, for a small budget horror film, it was, production was perfect and wonderful. And you go through, it's one of those like the haunted house experience, like she had a really, I, you know, you, you're, you're battling your reflexes, like it's fake, but is that real? Like. Yeah. Or somebody like in a monster coming down the hallway with a machete, like, I should run. But I know this is supposed to be fake, but still, you're fighting your, mm-hmm. you're fighting your impulses all the time. Stick your hand through the wall and then you... <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> you never think of that, about that the same way again? <laughs> yeah. But right, I think we're all, you know, you're after college and if you're an adult and if a horror movie still has those effective elements of you're screaming at them, don't go there. And you're really doing your good job. Because yeah. mm-hmm. even though we're not, we're not kids anymore, we can kind of like, yeah, that's that's kind of fakey. But if you still, if I'm I'm a 40-year-old man, if I'm screaming at the movie, at the screen, don't go there. Yeah, I think you're doing a good horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. Do you have a favorite horror movie? Uh, yes. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's it? It's my top five. I, that's my absolute favorite, but I have, yeah. I have like some other ones that are in my top five for sure. Isn't it fun that everybody thinks it's a gory slasher movie and there's like not one really oh, I know. drop of blood in the whole movie? It's just in your mind. I know. One of my old coworkers was trying to tell me, she's like, no, there's blood in it. I was like, no, no there's actually really not. No. They don't really, no. <laughs> no. It has one of the great tracking shots, I think, ever on film. The van? That one's good, the, too. Oh. Yeah. But the, well, when she goes, the, the girl goes into the house and she's wearing a no oh. back shirt. Yes. And she's walking up there and it's that low camera angle. The low angle. And the music playing. You're like, there's, girl, you're going almost exposed. Because she's not wearing really anything. And her back's exposed. And it's almost like a foreshadowing of what's going to happen to her. And then it does happen. You're like, oh. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of why I don't... Um... Like, you know, any, if I'm ever like in the country and, you know, seeing like a <laughs> off the road farm, you know, I just kind of, I've seen so many of those movies that I'm just automatically like, yeah, that's, there's probably killers that live there. <laughs> They're probably, I, I love <laughs> like that ending because it always still frightened me with the cinematographer. He doesn't get hit with the chainsaw because they're doing that ballet. Oh yeah. He's all mad and then he's whipping the chainsaw and the camera goes, they step in. It's almost like they're doing this sloppy dance and you wonder how he doesn't hit the, the cameraman when he does it with so, the, yeah it's like i still get frightened it's almost like how they don't hit julie andrews with the helicopter when she's <laughs> on, the, on the mounts yeah right so it is a top five that's my favorite that is your favorite um, yeah um before we go to break can you list another one that's in your top five uh the brood by dave cronenberg yeah. of course it is <laughs> wonderful i like that all right well, we're going to take a little break, and we'll be back with Catherine Hansen after this. Hi, everybody. This is Nick for the St. Paul Filmcast, and I want to talk to you about a great place here in the Twin Cities for your next social gathering event. It's the Serbian Hall in South St. Paul. The Serbian Hall in South St. Paul is now open. Built in 1924, it is a unique historic venue perfect to host your next wedding, social gathering, corporate event, or any kind of celebration. The hall has over 9,000 square feet of historic charm perfect for your event. With a ballroom upstairs and a classic bar and reception downstairs, it has the flexibility to meet all your needs. From start to finish, to help you coordinate with every detail. Book now for 2021 graduations. Spaces are filling up fast. Visit their website, www.serbianhall.com. You can also find them on Facebook. They just can't wait to work with you. Your next social gathering event, think the Serbian Hall in South St. Hi, everybody. This is I Shake My Head with Lisa and Sam. Hello. Okay, four things people need to know right off the top, Lisa. Tell them. 20 years, besties. Woohoo! <laughs> Two. We're almost 50. No, Samantha, stop that. Just stop that. You're almost 50. Whatever. 
three, we podcast from my car. We're sitting inside your car right now. Four, we're from Canada. We're from the heart of the prairies. We're from Saskatchewan. And if you're unsure if that's a real place, just Google it. Yeah. But we also bring you a new episode every single Friday. We do. It's about an hour long, but you know what? Time goes by quick. Because <laughs> we're just two crazy women bantering, talking about lighthearted topics. <laughs> talking over each other all the time. <laughs> we argue, we disagree, but we always go back to laughing. We do. We just want to be the least stressful part of your week. Exactly. So you can listen to us on Podbean, iTunes, and any other podcast app that you have. We're all over social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, we're back with Catherine Henson, and we talked about that. Actually, not only do writing and acting and starring and all that stuff, but you actually done editing as well. So, not you work with your editor and stuff. So, yeah, are you comfortable with editing so far? Yes, I mean, I've just I just done a little bit. Like I taught myself in the past year, but but I do enjoy it. Yeah. Well, I think that's a whole the whole thing, right? That's a whole encompassing. That's how you tell the story, right? The editor is a storyteller. That's how you do it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And especially even when you're writing, you're kind of editing. Like, okay, that's that's too much, or you're taking something. But mm-hmm. yeah. Or you you got to cut from something. So sometimes I'm intentionally when I do my films, I'm gonna you know if you're gonna do a ten minute film. You kind of have to do, I think at most, about 15 minutes of film. So you have to find somewhere to cut. You have to cut from something. You can't cut from nothing. So Right. Which is tough because when you got really good performances, it's hard to like, we have to cut this. But it's really good, but it's hard to. That's the important thing about an editor. You, you want to take out the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you a, like a day writer or you're a night writer? Or you can write during any time of the day? Uh, I can write any time, but I'd. Probably, I'm probably more of a day writer. Um, but yeah. When you get your bearings and coffee, and off you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, what works for me is having deadlines. Um, so that's kind of where I do the best work. Uh, you, do you do index card index cards too? Because that I notice that helps me. Mm. No, I don't do that. But I'll I'll have like blocks of brainstorm notes. Like that, uh, yeah. Um, di- but digitally, like on on the screen that okay. I'll refer to. I know some people like email themselves. Yeah, I, I kind of do something like that. Oh, yeah. You do it too. Okay. Because <laughs> you look at your email, like, oh, that's right, I had that idea when I was at. <laughs> right. I'll leave myself voicemails, like on my work email, like because I that's where I compile a lot of my thoughts into one spot. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like on the weekend, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. Then I'll leave myself a voicemail. You ever want to do like a, your own novel, like write a novel? I thought I thought about that. Um, I actually had this one story that I was trying to see if it would work as a as a novel, but I think it might work better as a graphic novel. Well, there you go. So at All some right. point, I'd kind of like to do that. Yeah. But but maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'd want to write a novel. It's tough. I know. Uh, well, I, I mentioned this before in my other episode. I won't name her, but she's she said I I'm never going to write a novel. I'll really stick to screenwriting. And she, I go, well, why? Well, I don't want to. I'm just I I don't want to describe trees. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to know what you want and don't want. <laughs> well, I don't want to spend time writing screens or what the dinner is like or anything. <laughs> if you read George R. R. Martin, he takes pages and pages describing what the food is and what the dinner is. And <laughs> who cares, right? Yeah. Well, sometimes I like that. I like, I love reading about, I love reading about food. Oh, really? And, and clothing. That's, so, I, I can enjoy that. Um, with those two things, I think we already got a horror movie. Well, it's always about well, consumption. And right? a musical. Yeah. Well, it's all, or it can be also also what you're taking in, right? Food mm-hmm. or like John Carpenter said, it's horror is like what's coming after you or what's coming out of you. So, <laughs> <laughs> or what will what you are afraid will come after you? Right. Yeah, that's the third component he always mentions is yep. when you know you're the last person on earth and you hear a knock on the door. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's the third ep- epicence of the horror, right? 
It's the anticipation. The right? anticipation. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is there a certain aspects of horror that you want to do? Do you like, do you want to keep with the cringy? I know you like your Pacific style. Is there something else you want to explore with it? Um, well, I, I really, I like stories that are emotional gut punches. Um, so yeah, I mean like the, the physical cringiness I like, um, but also just really human stories I'm attracted to. I, my favorite is always the psychological horror ones. Yeah. That mess with your mind. Yeah. Because like one of my favorites is Angel Heart, which is not really anybody would consider like a horror movie. It's more like a noir, you know, with Robert De Niro and uh, Mickey Rourke. Oh. And he hires, uh, Robert De Niro hires Mickey Rourke as a private detective to find somebody that owes him money. And then it slowly plays on that there's a psychological play on it. Mm -hmm. Or like Jacob's Ladder, which is a great psychological horror. It makes all makes sense at the end. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, that one, that was one of those movies that really disturbed me. Right, yeah. It bothered you. My- that that did bother me. I mean, you know, there's some, like, when you see early on in your in your childhood that maybe just shouldn't. that affect you. I think that was one of them for me. Right, yeah. When I was a kid, I remember in the early 80s. And I was just, I wasn't really paying attention to the TV and I just turned and I saw the twins from The Shining and oh. I left. I ran out of the room <laughs> and I didn't, they didn't have to say anything. And I had, I was like five or younger. You're like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. I don't have to. And that's just, they didn't say anything. They just stood there. And mm-hmm. that, that fits perfect. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you could do it wonderfully without saying anything or really showing uh, like really gory stuff, if you could do it just. Having two girls hold hands in a hallway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there, can you watch all movies? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. Do you have like um, you have like a library of horror movies that you watch or like share with everybody? Uh, yeah. Let's see. Um, I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Brood. What else do I have at home in my Halloween collection? Um, I mean, you know, I got my good, cute stuff, like The Worst Witch. Um, <laughs> yeah. Gremlins, although that's more Christmas horror. That is kind of cute, and then all of a sudden, one goes in the microwave, and you're like, oh, I forgot, we're in a horror <laughs> <Yeah>. movie. <laughs> or it's funny when they're at the bar, and you're like, yeah, that's funny, or at the movie theater, then they, right. all of a sudden, there's a there's a one in the blender and you're like, Oh, I forgot we're in a horror movie. That's yeah. Or it's coming after the mom with a yeah. huge knife. My, my sister had a uh, gizmo backpack and she never watched the gremlins. Really? <laughs> but she had a pink gizmo backpack, but she never watched a minute of the gremlins. So. Gizmo <laughs> mm. so cute. I know it's cute. And then all of a sudden, Oh, I forgot we're not in a cute movie. Take <laughs> right. sometimes. That's good. about horror movies. It makes you jump sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there are some good jump scares in Castaway, too. There's some things that makes you jump. And that's not a horror movie, but there are some things that makes you, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like that when the coconuts fall, you mean? Yeah, and you yeah. think there's somebody on the island, which I think they call, totally stole from Lost. <laughs> oh, that's... I do like Castaway. That's such a good movie. And this is something part So sad. Yeah. I mean, happy, too, but, like, you know, that one part is just really sad. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it. But it's good edit and sound, because... It's hard to do quiet. We had another sound mixer on there with sound yes. with awards for explosions and mm, blowing up. Yeah. But when you can hear the waves, what I was seeing, you know that's danger coming or him just hunting fish and you can hear the, well, that's put it, that's in the department. You don't pick that up on set. On set. So I think, you yeah. know, I don't think it got recognized very much for sound. I think it got largely ignored. And I was like, this is wonderful for sound. Yeah, you're right. And it could probably regarded almost there's a lot of components of horror into it even though it's not a horror movie so do you like to watch horror movies by yourself or do you do it with a group I do both um sometimes I kind of do like to watch them by myself to you know then I can tell myself like oh I bet that's gonna happen and I'm not you know spoiling it for anyone else or yeah yeah um I always got to watch them at night, right? 
Yeah, well, actually, I've watched some in the day, like some Saturday afternoons, I've watched them. Which is, that's kind of cool, too, when it can really affect you in the daylight. And you're still <laughs> yes, yeah. just yeah. really creeped out. Um, but it is fun. It is fun to watch them with someone and then, just, you know, grab onto each other, too. So do you do the, the whole celebration for Halloween? Do you really get into it? Oh, yeah. I like it a whole lot. Really celebrate and have all that stuff. Yeah. You dress up and everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't always have something to go to to dress up, but I'll probably have costumes in mind if I do. I decorate my apartment for sure. Awesome. Um, like, I'll do that probably in September. Do you get any, do you, I mean, if you live in an apartment, do you get any treaters at your house? Your no. Yeah. No, I don't. I like trick-or-treaters, though. I mean. I let my wife do the trick-or-treating, and then I walk my dogs, and then people have dog treats. Oh, that's so cute. They do. They do. We have dogs around my neighborhood. They'll have, like, we have treats for your dogs, too. Oh. <laughs> do the dogs have costumes? I don't. We should. We oh, should. you should. They're throwing Loki, so we just give them one. They're just giving them capes. <laughs> well. <laughs> Maybe Thor could dress up as Loki and Loki could dress up as Thor. Oh, <laughs> we know one's not going to like it. We know one that one will be like, oh, fine. All right. one will be like, get this off. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, I have costumes for my cats, but it's <laughs> yeah, never, it's they don't right. like it. It's it's five minutes of entertainment for me, <laughs> which is usually two and a half minutes of me putting it on them. And then they just plop down and glare. But it's pretty fun. I always like when they use cats in horror movies. Just as just put them in there, just to remind you it is a horror movie, and it's like not really oh. like not like a literary device. Just put a cat in there somewhere. Like, yeah. Oh, see, I have a huge problem with that because oh. I, well, I just I I really I care about animal rights and I love animals and right. I I think that's kind of a lazy device. It's and I, well, I hate I hate seeing animals get hurt in in a horror movie um right. like the thing yeah yeah um like i i hate it when it's put in there for the purpose of we're gonna show you that the bad guy's bad so he's gonna kill the dog i didn't mean that i just mean like all of a sudden the person has a cat oh okay not just like we're just gonna because he wanted the cat in. yeah just yeah. have it this as a decoration not like a set like place a, of just oh okay let's hurt the animals to show how bad the person is but like all of a sudden, you know, like the protagonist goes home and they have a cat just to remind you that there's, you know. Yeah, that's or cool. walking down the street and there's a cat just to remind you like, yeah, they're part of like the, this the is part a of the universe of horror that there's cats somewhere around there. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't mean like we're all just the bad guy's going to kill the cat. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. No, I didn't mean to like go off. It just <laughs> sometimes I'll see a movie. I'll be watching like a new scary movie and I'll see a pet and I'll be like, hmm. No, I think something bad's going to happen to this pet, and then I might turn it off. Um, I know. That's what the one thing everybody complains about with the movie, The Thing. You better not mess with that dog. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. And then what's that happens is, yeah. So you have a cat? I have two. You have two of them? Mm-hmm. Do they watch the movies with you? I know some people have cats that watch the scary movies <laughs> as well. They'll be, they'll like sit on me while I watch things, but I don't think they can, you know, some animals can like, or cats can watch the tv i don't think they can see what's on the tv or i don't think they can see their reflections in mirrors because like i'll hold them up and and they'll be like looking around it but they won't they won't look in it so we have one dog that can watch tv the other one doesn't really understand oh probably looks like what are you you're looking at a cardboard (laughs) box all day what is yeah well we have one that watches tv but right i think some of them get it some of them don't really get it yeah. Yeah. Does it so the dog that watches TV does does it like seeing other dogs on the TV? That will start it, right? You put a dog on TV, and that will just you'll drop everything and just sit there. <laughs> <laughs> the dog show. We put the dog show on there. He'll sit there and like, oh that dog, yeah. <laughs> so, cats for you. Do what? Can we? Can, what's their names? Uh, Bella and Snow. For certain reasons, or you just like them. Uh, that was the the names they came with, and I didn't change them. Okay, I'm thinking like, well, okay, we can we, you and I can sit and write a scary movie about a cat named Bella. <laughs> we could. When you usually write, do you have a character's name first? No, usually no. Usually, really? I, I don't pick the name first. But it is funny because they're 
there are some names that I've used in a lot of stuff that I've written that I've realized like, oh, I keep using those same names over and over again. Well, I, I guess why like, you know, like Morgan, that could be a, it's, it's boy or girl. Yeah. Yeah. I've used that name before. I've used Casey before in a few things. Um, yeah. And it, yeah, I kind of like, I kind of like to pick names that could work for mm-hmm. a lot of genders. Um, yeah. So I, that's kind of weird because I work different. I usually come up with a character's name. Oh, really? And then and then that kind of forms the. the okay. Yeah. I can't go anywhere. Interesting. I can't. I can't further my writing if it's this person number one. I can't do it. Oh I, right. Yeah, I can't. I was like, well, yes, I have a name. Then I have to come up with a good name, and then we kind of build a character arc around that. But right, I don't. Well, do, you, do you ever have like a placeholder name that you'll be like, okay, this is Jack right now, and then you'll change it later that'll work much better than what i do (laughs) (laughs) oh because so what do you do i just i'll have to sit and think about it Mm. i usually pause a lot with my writing i don't i go 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 and then i stop Mm -hmm. and sometimes that stop takes maybe a couple days and then i go back and go 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 or sometimes that stops a few hours and then i flush out so Mm -hmm. or sometimes when it's really going really good i stop myself because you might go too farther ahead so if I really like get energized by it, I usually take my intentionally take a break. I'm like, okay, settle down, you know, because that can kind of be a deceiving point. Like, and then you you get really excited about writing, and then you go back and read, and like, what the hell was that? <laughs> so you have, you have to usually I pace myself a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how you set up. That's your style. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I don't use I use index cards. I don't use outlines. Maybe I should. Maybe the breaks will be less if I use outlines. Would you be interested in doing any other writing other than horror? Yes. Um, yeah, I, I also like sketch comedy. I've written some new sketches in the past year. Comedy stuff. Yep. I know. Is it is it harder to write comedy or write harder to write horror? Oh boy. Um, I'd say they're both equally difficult. I mean. Yeah. You don't know if I always be- write what I think is funny, but other people might not think it's funny. And the same could go for writing things that you think would be scary. And then in, it's hard to translate. Like you think it's on paper, it might be good, but then somebody takes it like, that's not the vision I had when I wrote it. Yeah. 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 Like I, I think I've written a short script about a woman at home in her apartment alone and, without being too specific, things keep happening. That's scary, but you know, that's, that is a little hard to write. Like I can envision it, but it's like, how many ways can you write? This happens under the door, this hap, like this thing moves and she's not, you know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah. How are you going to navigate to make a little more clarify what explaining that it's not. Right. This is horrific, but it sounds really boring when you write. But it's, it's a lot of description of what's happening in the room. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough because, right, if you explain everything that way and then, yeah, you, how is it scary? It's just opening a door. What's under the door or something like that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where somebody else reads and like, I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so that's, are you comfortable sharing? Because usually writers usually write in their own little world and it's hard to share it. Do you have somebody to usually share it with or critique it with? Um, Yeah, sometimes I've uh, shared some of my writing with uh, my friend Tabitha, who lives in D.C., and she's a, a writer yeah. as well. Um, and she gives me good feedback. Like, this is great, Honest. but would the character, I don't know if the character would do this if this is happening, but um, but also very encouraging as well. So, um, yeah, I like to have her look at my stuff. Yeah, yeah. Are you comfortable writing dialogue? I am. I don't. I don't know if it's. That's something I feel like I could be better at. <laughs> I think everybody's like, yeah, like, everything, everybody's like, yeah. Because, you know, How do you say yeah, it? like I want to, I want to, I want to get the point across in what the characters are saying, like exposition wise, but you know, I don't want them to be like super clever and write, write in a way that people don't talk that way. I don't know. It's right. It's almost like if it's, you don't want to be 
sound overly clever, like too smart right. for real good. But you yeah. don't want to, you know, go off on a tangent like Tarantino. He gets away with it. Nobody else does, but he gets away with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> or you just want to have like a big exposition dump where we explain everything at the end, like a Harry Potter movie. But <laughs> you want to have a certain like explain everything, even though it sounds awkward. Like in a short film, all of a sudden you need to know what everybody's character's name in like ten seconds, <laughs> right? Right. Knock that off, such and such. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm gonna say your name more than usual because people need to know what your name is. Right. Yeah. Do you know uh, my favorite question for actresses and writers is: Do you have a favorite cliche in movies that you enjoy? One that doesn't really bother you. That I enjoy. Yeah. That's kind of funny. Like, Can you give me an example? Well, uh, how about in rom-coms, person always has to be running in the, in the mm. airport. That's my favorite. That's one of my favorites. They always <laughs> have to be running at the airport for a rom-com. Or um, the coroner always has to be eating something. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> right? The coroner always has to be eating something to show you that he's comfortable with gore and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Or the bad guy always has to be eating an apple. <laughs> uh, well, I, one cliche I always enjoy in movies is uh, possibly the makeover scene, but definitely like a montage of trying on clothes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Definitely like that. I love those because it's almost like, especially when NGM did it, because they always have just a mountain of dresses, right? And they have to find some way to show off all the stuff they oh, right. have. So they usually put those in the, like this. <laughs> It was, it's called the closet dump in MGM. So everybody has to you know, <laughs> try this on, try this on, right? Right. They're such great dresses. We don't have anything to, they're stuck in the closet to show them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I do like that, the makeover. Like, you all of a sudden, you just put your hair down. Now you're. <laughs> <laughs> right. My, my all-time favorite is when the police have to test the drugs to make sure the drugs. You know, oh yeah, that's cocaine. It's like you don't have to do <laughs> that. Yeah, there's other other ways to test. It. You have to test the drugs, right? Yeah, yeah. Nobody does that. There's a kit that you use. Yeah. Should they test it like like the thing style where they all in a they're all in a row and then they all see test the blood who right? who, who, ch- who changes? <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah. I had to. And of course, the best part of the scene is you don't have to cut somebody's thumb that deep to get blood out of it i mean they really go like there's that one scene where they go like under the fingernail oh remember that i haven't seen it in a long time they go under the fingernail yeah oh, even other but it's like you don't have to like carve like deep just to get blood yeah, out of just, a thumb just yeah a just bit. like a prick but he's like right. takes the scalpel and like eh, just grinds it in there it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't you want to just go into the movie sometimes and be like hey guess what you you know you don't need to do that like like going into a sci-fi film and saying, hey, maybe you shouldn't inspect that abandoned spaceship that's been floating around for 10 years. Just FYI. <laughs> why we have to bring it back to base. Right. <laughs> Good yeah. point. Yeah. That's the best yeah. thing about air. Well, everybody can appreciate Alien now because you're breaking quarantine laws. <laughs> right. We all know about that now. You're breaking protocol. Well, I don't care. Yes, we all should. <laughs> you will care. That's yes. why I like about the movie Prometheus is why do you have to go on a different entire planet and the first thing you do is just touch everything. Oh, that's the worst. There's, well, there's this, do you know the film critic Outlaw Vern? I'm very familiar, not really familiar with it. I've heard the name before. Um, I like reading his reviews and his review of that movie was pretty funny because he just talks about how stupid the, the scientists are mm-hmm. like, well, I understand in the movie Alien, you have to have some kind of stupidity. Oh, right. Call, right. You have to do something stupid to get caught. But you don't have to hit you over that with the stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember, Well, when I went to see the theater, I'm, people were leaving. Really? Yeah, they were leaving. And I was like, I, I think, I was like, no, I'm going to stick it out. Uh, yeah. I mean, people probably had, it's hard if you have super high hopes for something, especially that's going to be like a sequel to yeah, we have beloved franchise expectations. In it. Yeah. yeah, you want to see something. No, don't, I don't even regard it as an alien movie. You don't really see any alien in it at all, very much. Yeah. yeah. I have to say, my favorite experience is when we went to see Cabin in the Woods. That was my favorite experience going to the movie. My wife and I went to see Cabin in the Woods. That was my favorite experience going to see a horror movie. 
because when we started the movie, we thought we went to the wrong theater. Oh. <laughs> that was a, because I never watched the trailer. We, we know it was a horror movie. And you know how that movie starts. And they're like, we looked at it. He's like, did we go to the wrong movie theater? Right. And she, I went out. So I actually went out of the theater, looked up and like, no, it's the right one. And as soon as I sat <laughs> down, awesome. it was like, boom, Kevin the Woods. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I love those when you, when you just have one of those really great movie theater experiences, like the film is good. You know, you just remember that for yes. a long time. Yeah. I, well, I had the wonderful pl- privilege of seeing The Fury, uh, Brian De Palma's movie, in a movie theater. Uh, it's an old movie. It's, it came out in 78, but I got to okay. see the movie theater in like in 1998. It was an old independent movie theater. Mm-hmm. I didn't really know much about it. I didn't look up the trailer, but I knew I liked Brian De Palma when I saw that. And it had the best ending you could watch without knowing that it was going to come in a movie theater and just went wow completely almost like Kevin the Woods kind of did it at the end just completely like what and then ended and then he sat and thought about that what <laughs> see and those are the best movies that make you think about it yeah afterwards I recommend don't just go look up on YouTube the ending of the fury you have to go through the entire movie okay. to really get the payoff I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll add that to my list. Well, it's, it's one of those it. you don't really know if it's a horror. It's considered a horror movie, but it, it mm. but you could put it on. You could put it on the shelf for a horror horror movie or not, and people won't really. There's always a debate if it's a horror movie or not. So sometimes right. I do like those. Sometimes is it a horror movie? Is it not? Who who's in it? Brian De Palma directed it. It's the Fury. Kirk Douglas is in it. Kirk Douglas. Um, at the time, it was Andrew Stevens. He was like a teen hot throb okay. at the time. And then uh, Steven Spielberg's first right first wife, uh, Amy, I can't remember her name. She was in it too, but I highly recommend it. Yeah, cool. Seventies horror movies are fun because they oh, have that that certain blood I into do. it that really. Yeah, I like seventies stuff. That seventies blood, but it's really like just looks like Kool Aid almost, like red Kool Aid. <laughs> this is, looks like water almost. Yeah, seventies horror movies where they do that that all the way down way beyond blood yeah yeah so well Catherine, i have to say thanks for coming thank you this is a lot of fun yeah this is a lot of fun you should you should have your own podcast where you just talk about horror movies <laughs> so i feel like i talk about that all the time i like other stuff too but right but i do like horror it's your it's your core but yeah you gotta expand on it. yeah <laughs> well thanks for coming Thank you for having me. And I have to say it's not over till the guests say it's over. It's over. <laughs>